Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today we're talking to Boris Tsimarinov. Boris leads Semper 8 Capital, a growing firm focused on mergers and acquisitions and investments, works on building healthcare startups at Semper 8 Health, and is launching Semper 8 Media. A digital platform for psychological well-being is also being explored. So you can see there's a lot going on here. We have so much to talk about today. Hi, Boris. Thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing today? Maria, hi. It is great to be here with you and with Future Hacker. I'm very excited about this conversation. So, Maris, what would you say that actually inspires you for change and, and for making you be in the path that you are today? I think that we all have different aspects of our personality and our upbringing that drives us. I think that we each are certainly motivated in different ways. And I think that I've been extremely fortunate and happy to have developed a good understanding of what drives me, both through self-exploration and through fantastic friends, mentors, teachers that I've had, people in my family and those in the business world, those at the schools. I do have a good understanding of what, what motivates me. So what motivates me is creating impact. It is always exciting for me to see opportunities, to see situations where they're in business or personal life, where I can understand complicated problems where I can see solutions that perhaps other people might not be able to quickly gather, quickly understand, work collaboratively with others to find more solutions, more ideas, uh, collectively determine the path forward and then make a significant impact by executing some of these ideas and making things happen, turning visions into reality. That is what excites me and it excites me and it motivates me that much more when there are great collaborative like-minded people who share in the same values, who share in the same objectives, who want to strive for the same results, who I'm able to align with and work in a very productive way to reach the impact that I mentioned earlier. So talking about turning visions into reality, right? In your work, so you not only have this amazing network that you mentioned, but when working with mergers and acquisitions and with investments and with the startups, you get, especially in so many diverse sectors as you are today, you get to get this, this vision of the market that is very special, right? And talking about those last years with COVID, you've seen how so many people struggling, so many business shutting down, and also startups that weren't able just to develop their ideas and turn into a reality due to those hard times. So what strategies would you say that work best 
in transforming such ideas into tangible opportunities, especially in such uncertain moment in which we're living today? Yeah, so I think this is a fascinating, very interesting question, Maria, where I think there's several areas that I'd like to explore with you and the listeners, if you don't mind. One is, why am I fit to answer this question? Give you a little bit more on my background and how you and the listeners will see that connects and relates to my answers is one. Two is certainly what you're suggesting regarding the change and how it's taking place all around us in all sorts of fields and industries. And thirdly, to some of the specifics of what you mentioned is how might that change best manifest itself and what might be some of the paths of channeling that change. So in terms of the many interests and many experiences that I've had that allow me the privilege and honor to be able to think about the variety of ideas and industries is that when I was in a merged and acquisitions firm prior to creating Semperate, prior to creating the entity that I lead, there I had an opportunity to work on a very broad range of deals and transactions from helping sell companies to helping buy businesses for strategics, doing deals with private equity firms, doing deals with family offices, ultra high net worth individuals, doing complicated carve-outs, selling pieces of businesses, smaller pieces, larger pieces, restructuring a venture capital fund. So that's just on the type of transactions and types of touch points and projects to various industries. Then secondly, I've touched so far over the 18 years of my career industries that range from food to healthcare, from industrials to financial services, from entertainment to construction. So it's been a very broad lens on a wide variety of sectors. And then lastly, some of my education, the undergraduate degree that I finished at the University of Toronto, which was finance, quantitative economics and math focused to CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst designation, and the Global Professional Master of Laws that I have allow me to have perspectives that are coming from business, from strategy, innovation, change management, finance, risk management, regulatory management, business law. So having done many, many different kinds of deals, having seen many, many different industries, and now running and leading the firm Semperate, which deals with a variety of businesses and emerging acquisitions and investment side, working with healthcare and life sciences at Semperate Health, working with the media business and Semperate Media, I think allows me very fortunate perspective to be able to see some big trends, some big directions that are developing in society at large and in some of those industries that I've touched or I'm touching. So that's a big intro, uh, if you will. But then on the second part, of course, everything is getting disrupted. Everything is changing in general. That's just part of life and part of part of business. And innovation has become such an important word, whether it's through the teachings of Professor Clayton Christensen or Professor Michael Tushman and or others who are fantastic leaders showing us the way how to think about change and innovation. And then it has, of course, been accelerated and innovation and its pace 
has changed as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic and all of the unfortunate things that so many people around the world, and I know especially in Brazil, have experienced with this, this horrible virus on one end and on the other needing, as we are people, as we're humans, we always change, we always adapt, we can pivot given enough time to the circumstances people are and businesses are innovating and shoring up and mitigating the issues and at the same time taking advantage of opportunities that have emerged in this unusual situation. So I'm seeing disruption left, left right and center as far as people and businesses becoming more tax savvy businesses digitizing their infrastructure, seeing where they can have efficiencies and improvements, whether it's from telecommuting and or working from home or from use of tools that have emerged. And of course, some of the teleconferencing, whether it's Zoom or WebEx and others is just scratching the surface of everything that is going on behind the scenes in some of the organizations, large and small. So I think that in terms of people and organizations being able to seize the change, someone once told me a crisis is change that is happening very fast. And indeed, this is what's happening. So those who are able to be nimble, agile, and who are able to direct their teams to both protect themselves and take all the safety precautions as needed during the pandemic, but also leave some mind space after you know that protection is available to what could be done better, what could be done differently. They can definitely at least be on the path of reaping advantages from it, i.e. what we're not thinking, what is not in our consciousness, uh, or what we're not preloading into our subconsciousness, which is a whole other discussion. Obviously, that we cannot touch, that we cannot grasp. So I'd say first and foremost is being thoughtful, understanding where we are, and understanding that there needs to be a search for the opportunities. I think team cohesion and people aligning, people having enough psychological safety to be able to dream, to be able to innovate, to be able to test and implement new solutions is something that's key and important in these situations. And then as we sometimes say in the business world and in the world of Harvard Business School alumni, execution is key and there's lots of variations of this, but execution eat strategy for lunch. Marie, I don't know if you, you might know be better variations of this, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically, as in the real estate industry, they say location, location, location. I'm going to say execution, execution, execution. I like a term that you used that you have to have the psychological safety for that because usually people that still, that were facing all those challenges, when the fear of change still overcome that, that's when it's decided when a business is going to fail or when you are actually going to be able to take advantage of the moment and change and innovate, right? And change the way that you're doing business. So taking that in into consideration, which would be the most common mistakes you've seen lately in the market? Especially when it comes to, you know, those startups that are looking for investors and people that are looking to escalate their business. Yeah, I think that through 
our experience at Semperate and some of my prior experiences, I've seen a lot of large businesses. We've dealt with multinationals on different sides of transactions. And we've also dealt with early stage businesses, whether it's the restructuring of the venture capital fund that I mentioned at the prior firm to some of the innovation initiatives we're undertaking at Semperate Health with early stage healthcare and life sciences businesses or the media business and media projects that we're growing. So I've certainly seen a very large spectrum of growth businesses in addition to developed businesses. And where, Maria, I find growth businesses fail the most is, is probably three, three areas or three, three reasons that I encounter. One is they pursue ideas that are not marketable. So these might be things and products that are scientifically sound or they make sense to the inventor or there is already a ready product, but is there a market and more so is there demand that not only is sufficient at the early scale, early stage of the business, but once the business scales, and it takes on more infrastructure, it takes on more costs, that there will still be potential traction and there still be an opportunity. So ideas that are not marketable or ideas where there's not enough demand is one, one of the reasons I've seen for a failure. The other that I've seen is over-reliance on the vision where there is a discussion in the literature, whether it's Napoleon Hill from Think and Grow Rich about the importance of ideas to some of the ethos right now of the startup community. Vision is for sure where it all starts, but unfortunately, vision is often where it all stops. And here, here's what I mean by that. Reid Hoffman, one of the founders of LinkedIn, says something along the lines, and I'm going to butcher the, the exact phrase, and it's not going to be a perfect quote, but something along the lines of building startups is like building an airplane after you've jumped off the cliff. So to me, building the plane or thinking of the plane might, might be the vision, but once in flight, uh, one needs to come to grips with the reality of the force of gravity, other laws of physics, a knowledge and experience of engineering, once the plane is in flight, so let's say that's that's a product, right? The plane, but it's not a business yet. Meaning need to sell the tickets, need to make the customers comfortable, need to figure out regular transport service to generate revenue. So what I'm suggesting is there's often in startups, there's a lack of balanced approach between visions in reality. And I've brought this in earlier on, which is I think turning visions in reality is what we do a lot and what I'm very focused in as far as my motivation. And I think that not having a plan, not having a specific systematic approach to where the vision is going to go is one of the other reasons that this fails. And this is either because of not building specific plans and not being able to pivot anymore once it's beyond one person or a small team that is implementing the idea. I think that's one significant level. I think the other significant level and might be a third reason why I think a lot of the growth stage and early stage companies fail is because it's important to have 
the right people involved and the right mix of people such that as an example but Steve Jobs had Steve Wozniak right Elon Musk who I know in some of the recent Tesla filings has taken on a new role of techno king right he has his CFO whom he's also titling a master of coin Zach Kirkhorn right Mark Zuckerberg has Sheryl Sandberg so having having a team that is able to support each other complement each other's strengths weaknesses is the other thing that is sometimes lacking in uh, early stage businesses and I would say that these are some of the some of the things that I definitely see as failures and then of course there's many others such as on the vision side it's not being able to find a minimum viable product specifically right within the search for the product demand as far as it's dealing with team there's lots obviously there on the HR side and building out not just the original co-founder team but building out the structure and culture of the business and then on the systematic approach that we talked about earlier we could also talk about that a lot where that might include the systematic approach to setting up the path for the business financial plans operations plans etc etc right but these are the first three things that i think are very important for people to be mindful of is making sure that they aren't thinking about this as a exclusively as a jump into the unknown but they they jump with a plan jump with the right people and they know what happens next Great, great, great points, Boris. Thank you so much for that. It was actually the perfect way to, to end our first episode. We still have so much to cover, so stay tuned, everybody. We're moving to a second episode with Boris Simerinov. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Future.